the hidden truths of the biomechanics of business today we're getting nitty gritty because we know that a lot of people that listen to this podcast are smart intelligent technical trainers and they're done with all that hubbub of the shotgun approach of seeing what works and what doesn't by shooting it all at a person at one time brandon how you doing pal I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing okay. I had a bit of a crazy morning. My wife and I had our coffee machine explode on us at the house, which was crazy. So I came down. There were six cups of coffee all over the counter. Bonkers. But I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. I had some Pizza Hut yesterday. Not, not sitting the best. Saw some of my buddies for a little outdoor social fun yesterday and resulted in a couple of triple threat boxes. But I feel much better now. So I'm excited. Brandon, let's jump in. The hidden truths of the biomechanics business. So I have a bit of a rant I want to go on with this here because I am pretty passionate about this topic. Um, I really think that the world that we are all involved with, depending on your educational background, and you know, I think calling it biomechanics in our training world is a bit crazy. But in reality, in personal training world, most of you who are watching this are people who spend a bunch of time studying biomechanics, which is incredible. I do believe the more you know about anatomy and physics, the more you can do with a client, the more you can help people and change people. It's absolutely brilliant. But I do want to throw this out there. The whole reason why we started Fitness Pro Mentors is because we started to identify people like you were struggling with your business. You're technically proficient. You're absolutely amazing at what you do. You can help everybody, but you don't have a niche. You don't have the business system in place. And it really really ends up hurting you, hurting your career. And trainers like you I've seen have left this industry or just have very unsatisfying careers, which makes me mad. I really do believe that there is this amazing schism between biomechanics, if you will, and business where we can actually really figure out some processes so you can scale your business, grow and have an amazing time. There's a thing that Glenn's going to talk about here in a minute, but at the end of the day, the advanced anatomy, nervous system knowledge that you've learned right now, everything you know right now, you can absolutely change some clients' lives. You can make some huge changes because there are people just like your clients and just like your future clients who could really benefit from working with someone just like you. You shouldn't just do weight loss training, in my opinion, just bodybuilding training, just hypertrophy training, just strength training, whatever that is. You should really focus on helping people who have the needs that need what you have. And you are absolutely brilliant. We need to make sure that you have the processes in place so you can showcase how awesome you are at helping people. And so today we're gonna to talk about that because I think there's some really powerful things to make sure that you can have the career that you want helping people. Absolutely, Brandon. Where would you love to start? Because we have so many different topics today. So I think the thing that's the most important for me, like when I think about the idea of the biomechanics business conversation, and we're talking about particular markets, is that there are sensitive demographics, people who are aging, people with pain, people with advanced conditions and diseases, people who are just not feeling good in their body. And it's been pretty well documented that resistance exercise and strategic doses and progressed over time can make some amazing changes. If you haven't been following any of the research that Charlie McMillan has talked about over the years, he's worked with people with Lyme and cancer and so many different people doing really low doses of resistance exercise and making incredible, ridiculous changes to these people in their most sensitive states. The reality is, though, we need to make sure that we start to create we need to create an environment and a culture that makes these more sensitive demographics feel welcome. But also for you, recognizing that these demographics are a really viable business. The question is, I mean, when we're thinking about this whole thing is, how do we make sure, and I said it before, the schism, how do we make sure that we're thinking of these sensitive demographics with messaging, imaging, 
content websites that attract and resonate with them. Because honestly, uh, booty picture squats and heavy four plate barbell deadlifts are not going to cut it. Yeah, you're like attracts like. And if you're putting out the aesthetic vibe, you're going to get the aesthetic folk. If you want to attract the sensitive people, you have to put out the sensitive vibe, so to speak. And what does that look like? And I don't, you know, don't be over redundant because we talk about this all the time because it's so important is at the end of the day, you've got to put out your marketing message to be in line with what those people are seeking. Let me tell you something. In the world of exercise and health and fitness, there are so many of these people looking for help because the system in, in, their, in the healthcare has let them down. Not because there are poor practitioners are out there, but just the way that I guess history has unfolded such that we look at exercise and healthcare often separate from each other is a way I would put it. And the people who are in the industry of healthcare who do use resistance training, God bless their souls, but a lot of them have had to spend so much time researching how to take care of specific injuries, how to like do splints, how to actually triage all the different disease states that their time to spend on learning biomechanics, how to actually apply force to anatomy in such a way that you get the result that you want without making somebody worse is limited. And again, it's not pointing a finger like it's their fault. They do some tremendous work with people who do have injuries, especially if they're acute. But there's this gap right now, which people like you can help fill because you understand resistance training, because you understand the biomechanics of it and are able to relate it to some of these most sensitive demographics. I mean, here at Strata, we get all sorts of sensitive people. I've worked with people who've had eight plus joint replacements, rheumatoid arthritis, which is a huge one. I've had people that work with, that have cerebral palsy. The, the, the litany of the list, <laughs> the litany, the litany of the list is so long because people like us understand how to work with people like them. And our marketing message that we put out there reflects that. Absolutely. And hey, really quickly, um, Mr. Rob is uh, here. What's going on? It's his Facebook user, but Rob P, how you doing, man? Thanks for jumping into the show. Please, if you're here, please comment below in the live stream. We'd love to give you a quick shout out and see what you're talking about. If you have any questions, uh, please let us know. I got some really exciting, cool stuff coming up real soon. But there's this thing that Glenn's talking about that I think is really powerful. Um, when you're thinking about this whole world, right, the biomechanics world, and honestly, we had an interview with Jason Stella from Lifetime Fitness uh, on Friday for the uh, Exercise Titan interviews. Please go back and check that out in the Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group and Spotify and everywhere podcasts are. Uh, there's this huge challenge in the personal training world. Is There's an incredibly low standard of entry, as we all know, certifications. It's pretty easy to get a weekend certification and get a job as a trainer making $20 an hour. Um, for you to be one of those people that charges $150, $200 an hour, the barrier is really this gigantic gap in education and experience, but it's not just academic education. It's so much more than that. Like you have to learn the biomechanics, if you will. And this is where the resistance training specialist mastery program, I think is ridiculously awesome for this. I think Greg Max muscle system specialist is fantastic, but you do need to also have the soft human skills of communication, being able to chameleon to different people, stroke, repeat, reverse, uh, being able to be a professional to speak to these different demographics. The challenge with this industry is that the experience experience and education level is so low that the problem is that the people who get good enough to actually serve these demographics uh, have a kind of this thing that happens where they could be charging really, really high rates or they're skilled enough that if they shifted careers and went, went elsewhere, they could probably make the same amount, if not more money by working less hard, which is tough. And so this is where in our field, there's an incredible niche for powerful personal trainers just like you to practice learning mechanics, 
have higher rates, help serve these more sensitive demographics because people like Lem was talking about multiple hip replacements, cancer, I mean, all this stuff, they need to stay strong and stay active. And there's this gigantic gap where people like you are doing two things, leaving the industry or transitioning 100% to online training, which is a fine option if you want to. But in reality, the biomechanics business is a good business. It's an amazing business. And I think part of being able to be that high ticket trainer is to get out of that mindset of commodity and get into the mindset of being high ticket because it really is, it's funny because I think there is this really huge gap between those two things. I don't see too many people who are kind of in that middle ground. I see a lot of personal trainers who are either making uh, like $30 uh, for half an hour or like $60 for the hour. Maybe like that's what they're charging and they're still paying off rent or they are paying um, or they're just, you know, taking a smaller cut from their employer. But then there's the other side of things where people are really expanding and stretching themselves out to be like, you know what, what I offer is of high value. I'm not a commodity. I can solve some very complex problems for people and make it very simple for them and have them progress quicker than they would other places. And that's what actually ultimately allows them to charge more money. And this, I think, is probably one of the harder mental jumps for a lot of people to make because it's not easy because it requires you to have your, and we've talked about this before, your identity and your role squared off. Identity being who you are, your values personally, your characteristics that make you you and unique and how you feel in your role, your role being personal trainer, right? And so if you feel great in both of those things, right? You feel really great about who you are as a human being and you feel really confident about your skills as a personal trainer. It's easy to make that jump, right? I made the jump recently where when I started here at Strata, my prices went up and not by a little bit, by, by 20 or 30%. And that was huge for me. But that's because at this point in time, I had really squared off my identity. I really am confident in, the, in what I deliver in my role as a personal trainer. And I felt really great about making that jump. And the first time I asked, I just said, here's, here's what I charge. And I just left it hanging there. And there was silence for a second. And then they're like, okay, yeah, that sounds reasonable to me. And it's like, great, perfect, moving forward. And the great thing is, is the first time you raise your rates and you really take on a price point, which is a stretch for you. And you are able to have that conversation and it goes well. After that, it's easy pickings. Right. I started here maybe again in July, almost totally empty again because it was like starting from scratch because when I first started here, I was only here for about a month and then pa the pandemic happened and, you know, a year and a half later, here we are. And now I'm up to, I think, about 10 hours here in the course of a month and a half, which is amazing. Um, and it's at my new price point and no one's really bad at an eye, which is fantastic. So. I guess what I'm saying to you is that if you really want to make that leap, you want to get away from being a run-of-the-mill personal trainer in the eyes of the client or the prospects that you're talking with, you've got to really make sure that you feel great about who you are as a human being. You've got to make sure that you feel knowledgeable in your role as a personal trainer, and then you just got to take that leap. And it's going to be uncomfortable, but... Once you do, you're going to be so happy because honestly, if you think about charging 20% more than you are right now, 20% more income, like if you're only charging $50,000 a year, what is an extra, what is that? 12,500 $12, dollars in a year? More money. That goes a long way. 
that goes like such a long way. That could be your half of the mortgage or it could be any number of different things, right? Like that's vacation, that's, that's your engagement, that is your wedding, that is whatever that is. And that plays a huge role. And spending the time in a half year to make sure you've got the knowledge, to make sure you feel good about what it is that you're delivering, to get to that point, that's a very small investment in the grand picture of things, the big picture, to get to where you want to go. So there's a couple of things with this. I mean, Glenn's saying some really powerful stuff. So I mean, honestly, make sure you're getting your value because honestly, if you spent all this time studying and learning, please don't dilute your rates because as soon as you start competing for other commodity prices, right? If you go start going, okay, so my town's average price for personal training is $65. And then within a five kilometer radius of Strata, there are five other personal training studios, not including commercial gyms. And they go, okay, so he's $65. Great. Well, I'm going to go look at the other $65 an hour trainers. Now you could easily go, well, if I'm charging a hundred and X dollars an hour, well, why wouldn't they just go shop around? Sure. But honestly, there's some really incredible stuff that happens when you are offering a high level expertise, your delivery, your marketing, and your messaging all lines up with that. And then there's a part we have to talk about that we have not talked about that I know a few people that watch the show will definitely have uh, echoed before. But with all of that, if you're providing the value, you can make some amazing things happen. There's a great story I heard, and I think I may have told this before, but I think it's relevant for today, is that there was this particular guy who had a marketing firm, and he was out at this club, and his whole thing was he wanted to create this year-long marketing package where he'd work with high-level YouTube influencers and really try to help them be seen by more people. So they're already seen on YouTube. How can he create an infrastructure there so they're seen on other platforms, licensing deals and stuff like that? And so this particular gentleman was actually out at a nightclub with a bunch of these other YouTubers, this big tech event. And so he started talking, became familiar with them and had some great stuff come up, great conversations. They said, so what do you do? And he was like, ah, this is finally it, my chance. This is exactly what I've been waiting for. I can finally throw down my numbers and what I do. And he was really good at what he did. He threw out the number of how much it cost per year and explained everything. And they all kind of raised an eyebrow because the price point that he used was too low. It was too low. And so right next to him, there was a competitor, someone in the same field. And that particular gentleman threw out a price that was three times higher. And they ended up hiring that particular gentleman. Now, that sounds absolutely ludicrous. So I'm not telling you to throw down and make your, raise, your rates go up by three. But in reality, there is a value that comes when you start talking about a price point that's different than others because they see it as value. They respect your time and respect your knowledge, which is powerful. Now, on that point, though, there's one more thing with this whole thing. I don't care what you charge, you have to do a good job. Mm. And this is a big thing that I saw within teaching this advanced education of biomechanics was that you can learn all of this stuff, but you can't get paralyzed by analysis. If you get lost in the details and you start looking at all these nitty gritty things, you're like, I don't know what to do here. Should I do this? Should I do who this? Would this person be upset if I did this? I have to follow this particular equation. I have to follow this particular order. Sure. You're a personal trainer. At the end of the day, your role is to try and help these people use exercise to make amazing changes, skeletal muscle adaptations so they can get the changes in their body they want. Learn about the nervous system, learn about skill, learn about hypertrophy, learn about strength, learn about endurance and figure all that stuff out. Because at the end of the day, if you learn everything about moment arms, resistance profiles, strength profiles, but you fail to create the adaptations in your client in an efficient, timely order that doesn't cause discomfort, you're going to lose them. And if your rates are higher, you're going to lose them faster. And so the thing is, is that when you start getting into that world, it really comes down to all the delivery, the understanding of the information, but concurrently, 
getting amazing results, getting the results in these people that no one else has got. And then all of a sudden, if you do that, which I know Glenn's going to talk about a particular topic on retention here in a second, because that's a big thing here. That is one of the most fail safe ways to have a high level of retention. Do amazing with all the stuff that you know. And that's why I get fired up talking about this is because many of us have incredible high levels of information, invested hundreds of thousands of dollars, flying all over, learning all this incredible stuff. But can you do a good job with it? You know, you know the, what comes to my mind right now, this image just came into my head, like two Venn diagrams. So a Venn diagram is those two circles that you see, and there's a, that overlap portion in the middle. And if you are really great at that technical stuff and you know you can deliver results and you're amazing at it, um, and the other circle over here on the other side are those high value clients that you want and your marketing meeting that, those circles are going to overlap a lot because you're going to be attracting the people that you want into your business who have the money to pay for what it is that you want and you've got the ability to deliver on the goods. That's a high level of overlap. That's what we're looking for. If you're extremely good at marketing and you get a lot of people coming through the doors but you can't deliver, there's a very little overlap between those two circles and vice versa. If you're very, very technical and you're amazing but your marketing sucks and there's not a lot of overlap there, you're still not going to have the business that you want. That overlap is very, very small. The more you can get better at what it is that you do and deliver results and have your marketing reflect those kind of high value, high ticket clients that you want to work with, those things are going to overlap. The people that are going to come through the doors more often than not are already really pre-sold to what it is that you do because they've seen some of your content already. Maybe they're in your group or they've been a referral from someone that um, is already a client of yours or that you know or that they know. Whatever that looks like, that conversion becomes so much easier and people say yes to what it is that you've got far more often. But if you've got less overlap between those two things, it's a lot harder to convert clients and that's why people start getting worried. They start losing their rates. They start making sacrifices and that's when things start to break down a little bit. Well, I mean, and this is a great thing that we learned from Greg Mack and this whole identity versus role thing is that if you have an insecurity around money and you're like, I need to make X, Y, and Z immediately or I can't pay my mortgage. People get squirrely when they start seeing low dollars in the bank account. Mm. I understand. You have to make sure that you're not selling yourself short. And it might take a little bit longer to build that up. I mean, if $65 is the average town rate and you're charging $85, sure, you're a little bit more. But you got to put the time in and you got to work at it. Because if you have a good marketing system, good message, if you've got a good sales system, if you have a good process where you reevaluate and see where people are, if you get good results you'll sell yourself and you'll have clients for decades. My longest client I have right now is going to be with me for 16 years as of September. Now it's been 16 years, 16 years that she's been with me. She's one of my first clients is still with me. And even though my rates have probably nearly tripled since I started working with her, she's still with me. We're still getting great results. She feels better than ever. We have a very different relationship now than we did 16 years ago because her body's changed. My skill set has changed. But at the end of the day, I was able to communicate with her. I was able to support her in her life. Her routines line up with my schedule and where I live. So demographically, everything's really good. But how do you have a relationship for 16 years? And it comes down to doing a good job. Absolutely. There's a couple of things I want to talk about, but can we talk about relationships real quick? Relationships. Is that okay? Relationships. This is something that you have to decide and you can't get away from this if you're going to be a, a very high valued personal trainer who charges a lot, which is how you are positioning yourself and you're relating to the clients that you're working with in 
whether it's your consultation, your assessment, and then most importantly, the ongoing relationship. Because there are people who, and I've made this mistake before myself, who become professional friends, where the exercise becomes a social call. Uh, you fall away from educating every session. You fall away from doing the assessments. You take a little bit more time talking during the sets than you do actually exercising. And this becomes more of a social call and less about making sure this person gets towards their goals. Being a professional friend is not what an exercise professional is. Versus being somebody who is going to be data-driven, constantly reassessing, obviously building rapport, because that's super important. We can't get away from that. But using that information on an ongoing basis to help this person in educating. And it looks very, very simple. Like for me, at least myself, when I take someone to an exercise, especially if it's something we haven't done in a while or it's something new, I say, hey, we're going to do this exercise. Here's why we're doing it. Here are going to be the benefits to you, which means this. Let's get into it. Right? Hey, this is gonna be the leg. The, this is gonna be our knee curl machine. We're doing this one today because last time we worked out, you felt like your left side couldn't do as much as your right. We counted the reps. We saw, yeah, your left side can only do uh, 10 reps, and your right side went up to 15. So today we're gonna do this again. See if we can do a little bit more on the left than the right. Try to build up the symmetry here to get you feeling good, so you can go and keep walking and doing your dog training that you want to do. Sorry about my blurb there. I just wanted to let you know why we're going into this. Do you have any questions about that? No. Great. Let's jump into it. 20 or 30 seconds. That's it. Very, very simple, very, very easy. But by doing that for every exercise, six, eight exercises in a session, always educating, always showing your value. And this still leaves time for it. If you need to, between sets and reps, have a conversation with this person, right? Very, very simple. One of the things that I do at the beginning of every personal relationship that makes a huge difference for me is I say, listen, a lot of times when I see people frequently, we develop a relationship and we like talking to each other. But I just want to make sure that whenever you're here, we're making sure we're getting the work done that we need to, that we need to, to get you towards your goals. Are you okay with that? Everyone says yes. And what I've done from that moment is I've set up, hey, this is a professional relationship. We can absolutely talk about some stuff because that's a part of it. But I want to make sure that we're always doing the work. And they essentially have given me permission to cut them off from talking with me if it means that it's going to get them closer to their goals. It's a hugely powerful tool. At the end of the day, I mean, I'll sound terrible saying this as someone who's taught exercise things forever, but the exercise doesn't matter as much at the very beginning. What it comes down to is it comes down to their body and all the pieces that are going on and their values and preferences. So when you're communicating the exercise, which is important because from a programming perspective, the exercise is what's going to make those fitness adaptations happen that you're looking for. But you need to make sure that the delivery, the sales copy, please know that like the sales copy module we teach in our mentorship. And if you haven't listened to it, listen to our podcast episode on it. The sales copy idea is not just for social media. It's not just for advertisements. It comes down to being able to chameleon the delivery to the emotional needs of people. And there's only a handful of big, big, big top layer emotional needs why people are doing something. And that's fine. It's not manipulative at all. It's understanding when someone's scared of something or they're looking for some sort of pain resolution or pleasure, knowing what those are so you can convey the value of the thing you're doing to what they're doing. 
hey, this squat is gonna be amazing. I know you've been struggling with that spondylolisthesis in your back, that's a bummer. What we're gonna do is this exercise is actually gonna to help to create some stability there. We're actually gonna have a little bit more motion happen by going through this excursion and having it move back and forth. But ultimately for you, that means you're gonna be able to get more things off the ground. Carry that laundry basket like we talked about and not be limited in the house. So anyway, let's go do this exercise. So when you're getting down there, I want you to focus on this so we can get that laundry basket. Make it all around the thing, right? The features, the benefits, and the meaning. What, are the, what does this thing have that you're showing? What are the benefits of it? But more importantly, what does it mean for them? Absolutely. And it's so clear cut. And it's so beautiful. And it doesn't have to be this extensive thing. And this is, you know, it's funny because somebody asked me not too long ago. They said, Glenn, are you worried about machines taking your job? Like AI. What if the AI gets so good that their machines and robots and like a voice in your ear is going to tell you exactly how hard to push, how far, da, da, da. And I said, I'm not worried about that at all because human beings want that other human connection when they're learning something, especially like exercise. They feel safe around other human beings. They want someone to talk to that's not a computer. Yeah, sure, you might have like five or 10% of the population, which is like, loves tech, loves doing things on their own, wants to have nothing to do with other humans, that's fine. Maybe that 10% won't work with me or Brandon or you or someone else. But at the end of the day, human beings love that contact. They love that rapport. We need that in our lives. If the pandemic taught us anything, it's that we want social connection. So many mental health issues come out in the past year and a half because people are trapped at home by themselves being told they can't leave. People are dying for that human connection. They want that. So make that a part of what it is that you do. Glenn, why do you think most trainers like us in our world, leave the industry? Why do I think most people leave the industry? Uh, I think that, oh, there's so many different reasons, but the most prevalent one is I think because they just don't know how to build out a business that's sustainable. I think there's two, and that's one of them. Okay. One is not knowing the business systems, and then second is failing to execute. Oh, yeah, yeah, And And I think, honestly, like more looking at this, and I think and with respect, the, our Fitness Pro Mentors platform, if you go to our Facebook group, our private Facebook group, if you're looking for business support, there's so much free content up there. So much free content that if you took all the nuggets of information from all the guides between the Google review thing that Taylor did, the social media daily checklist, the different pieces of the ecosystem I've talked about, even just the free stuff, you can take that information. And if you implement it and you live it, you can absolutely grow the business that you want. In fact, most of you, and this is a silly thing I used to do with personal training clients, is I have a new client that would hire me, and I, they would say, I wanna eat healthier. I said this a couple weeks ago, and I go, great. What kind of things do you need to do to eat healthy? I need to do this, I need to do this, and do this, and go, great. So you already know what you need to do. Why are you not doing it? Most of you, every time I've interviewed a new student for our program, like we have an onboarding process, we interview everybody, try and figure out if it, what we do is a good fit or not, um, and in most cases, most people have a pretty good idea of what they should be doing. They either just have one of two things. They just don't know the actual steps of the system, or they haven't executed and they need the accountability. And I think the execution thing for me, I mean openly, it makes the hair on the back of my ne neck stand up because so many of you, if you're listening to this and you're a personal trainer, fitness professional, service provider, you're brilliant, you're amazing. You could help change some lives. And there are people with sensitive problems in their body, they could absolutely benefit from someone just like you. The question I'm asking you is if you're not busy enough, you don't have the diary that you're looking for, you don't have the clients that you're looking for, you don't have the demographic, why are you not executing right now? If you're listening to this, make notes and then prepare to make some executing things, executable things happen after this. And on that note, I got one piece of advice I'll throw out there. Elon Musk, I saw this crazy, you know, memes, you guys on Facebook, there's all these different little posts of people doing quotes and stuff like that. There was one of Elon Musk that I thought was brilliant and I hadn't thought of it this way. He said, if you have a project and you give your three, yourself three months to do it or three days to do it, 
that's the amount of time it'll take. If I were going to play drums and I have a drum solo contest I want to enter or I want to go to the recording studio, I have a date. <coughs> I have to perform on that date. My question is, what are you doing to set yourself up to perform and what are you doing to execute right now? Because even though you might not have the perfect system, you got some amazing stuff you could be doing. So please, if you're listening to this, we're 27 minutes into this episode, start executing. Execute now. Positive constraints are such a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. It's funny because everyone always talks about freedom and that's ultimately why people want so much money. It's because, you know, money, there's this there's same, people say money doesn't solve all your problems, which is true, but it solves a lot of them. And ultimately what people want to have is less problems and more freedom, right? And so I'm absolutely 100% with you there. Like you have to start taking some action. And like, I will be honest, you know, I, when I went through the pandemic myself, I struggled a lot because I'm like, what do I do now? I can't, I've been mandated to not see people one-on-one. -on -one. What do I do? And I personally, I'll be honest, I got stuck for months. For months I got stuck. I didn't know what I was supposed to do with myself. It was a really tough time. But then when I just started spending more time either learning stuff, like we, you and I had conversations about learning more of the money later skills, right? Doubling down on learning how to do videography, learning how to do editing. We did a whole bunch of stuff on the podcast, right? That was really, really great. And so we started building that, okay, let's just take action, right? And the crazy thing, it's funny. I saw this, I, I forget who the artist was, but they do kind of like life coaching, but everything's done very, very like cheekily with with like funny little animations and drawings and it was a little stick figure and the little stick figure had one of two paths they could go on. One path was like the dark forest, which was going to be a walk for like one minute before everything gets like bloomy and blossomy and feels really, really great. Or the other one was just downhill um, into kind of like a sand pit. And the analogy was, is that if you want to start doing stuff that's going to get you the life that you want, you take that right turn. And for the first minute or two, you're doing stuff that you don't really want to do that's uncomfortable. But after you get into it for five or 10 minutes, it becomes easy. Your brain switches into that mode. You can keep doing it. For me, I'll be honest, I have a thing where like I don't like rejection and it's taken me a long time to work through that. But I'm in a place now where I recognize it and I can get myself through it fairly quickly. And so when I've got to make calls to people that I feel like I might get rejected from or they're not going to want to hear me or whatever things come in my head, I do the thing where I get myself grounded. I have my own thing that I do. And then I just pick up the phone and I go. And the first 10 seconds of that call, it sucks. But by the time I'm a minute through, it's no problem anymore. And then I'm in that beautiful forest land of just enjoying everything and going through the motions that I need to and improving myself. And I pick up the phone for the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And then one of those calls turns out to be someone who's like, yeah, actually, I do want to get back and see you. Let's schedule a time to meet. Let's do it. Fantastic. But that wouldn't have happened if I didn't go through that little part of the forest. The other part, that downhill part, is a nice easy walk for a few seconds. But by the time you get to that sand pit, the desert, you're kind of trudging through. It's a lot harder to move forward. You get stuck a lot easier and it's just not an enjoyable experience. You've got a choice to make here. You can either go down that path where things are going to be tough for a short while, but then your brain's going to switch into the let's get this done mode and it becomes enjoyable and you grow and you get better and it's awesome. Or you can do that easy path where it feels good for the first five or 10 minutes because you're kind of dilly dallying around, but then it gets to the hard territory where it's like, why is my career not where I want to be? Why am I not making the money that I want? Why am I not helping the clients that I want to help? Why do I not fulfill in my life? You get choices to make and actions that are hard for the first second or two going to take you down a great road. Actions that you take that are easy, playing video games, watching Netflix movies, going for a walk, finding any reason not to do the stuff that you need to do is going to lead you down that icky path that you don't want to get stuck in. I love it, man. I think that's pretty much everything we were going to talk about today. Is there something you want to talk about? The one other thing I want to talk about was 
on the technical side uh, of, yes. bi of, of the biomechanics business. And this is talking about like assessments and reassessments and all that kind of stuff. Can we jump into that for maybe just a couple more minutes? Is that okay? One of the best things that you can do, especially if you're a high ticket personal trainer, is have assessments scheduled in regularly with your clients. Because the people who are willing to have you be a little bit more sociable um, into the territory of professional best friend, they might be happy to just have you as a placeholder and then move forward every so often. These people usually aren't going to be those typical, typical high-priced clients. A lot of the people who are willing to spend money on your time, who have the money to spend, are the people that have spent years of their life building their own business or they spend years putting themselves in their career so they do have the earning power to be earning over $100,000 a year and they have the money to spend on someone like yourself. These people expect results and they expect progress. They expect to know where they're going to be going. They want to see some kind of definite future. And that's where the assessments and reassessments come in. The whole point of doing assessments is not really just to try to sell somebody on doing stuff with you, even though that's for sure a part of it, right? Uh, mostly what the assessment should be for is to guide your decision-making process. And if you're somebody who's biomechanically oriented and is thinking about this kind of stuff logically and rationally, you can't help but thinking about numbers because that's how we ultimately quantify and qualify whether we're doing the right things or not. Sure, we want people to be feeling good, and that's a huge part of it. But the other part of that is, can you show someone that their leg strength has improved? Can you show them with a leg extension machine that they can now do 25 reps at 30 pounds rather than, um, rather than five reps? Or can you show them, hey, when we do the dynamometer, even though your pain discomfort might not be changing that much just yet, this is getting stronger right now. It's actually double. Before it was only 20 pounds. Now it is, the thing's moving here, now it is 35 pounds, which is telling us, hey, you're moving in the right direction. This is allowing your quality of life to be better. And the only way you can have that information is by doing assessments. So one of the things that we do here at Strat and we're really big on, and we especially encourage people in FPM to do this, is schedule in periodic assessments. Have them based off the client's needs what they want, the timeline for the goals, all that information you collect in your initial assessment and then reprogram those in there eight, 10 weeks down the line, enough time so they can start seeing some progress so that when you collect more information, you can show them, hey, looks like your range of motion increased here, here, and here. Looks like your numbers on these exercises went up here, here, and here. Looks like your dynamometer outputs of force have improved here, here, and here. How are you feeling right now? If you just priming that conversation right there, starts to show them, wow, I'm actually improving. And even though my sensations may not be moving the, the speed that I want them to, I'm actually getting better. And that is going to be such a key piece. And on top of that, you get more information, more data that says, okay, we did a couple other assessments that we didn't do last time in this grand assessment that we're redoing after 10 weeks. Let's plot out what your next 10 weeks of training is going to look like. Here's how I'm thinking about this. And by the way, how are you thinking about our professional relationship? Do you want to start seeing me more frequently to deal with some of this stuff? Or are things getting crazy and busy? Do you want to see me less frequently? What's going to work well for you? And in this way, you're always working with the client's body. They're always going to get what they want. And you're always working with their preferences. Because what a lot of people do, and then I'm going to finish my rant because I know I've just been firing off here. Well, a lot of people do is they just say, I got a new client now. Now we're just going to keep going indefinitely. And eventually things just change for that client and they get ghosted on. And I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. Perfect. I honestly, the reassessment is one of the most powerful things. I mean, every time I've ever worked with any trainer to try and help them with their business, uh, retention is a huge problem. Lead generation is a huge problem. Retention is a huge problem. Uh, and honestly, many of you are probably losing more clients than you think of. I mean, if you've got clients for eight, nine months, that's fantastic. Um, it's really the retention where you're going to see the value in your business, having a final destination, having a strong LTV. 
So anyway, this is a big, I love this episode because honestly, uh, the biomechanics business is incredible. And there are a lot of hidden truths and small things within this business that if you make some strong decisions, you start working on your model now, you can start being aware of the things you need to focus on now, you can make some amazing changes. People need people like you, but you need to make sure you're putting the time in to make sure it's worth your time as well too, like Glenn's talking about. So Glenn, today, man, what was your pick of the week? Oh my goodness. I'll be honest with you, Brandon. I've been thinking about so much other stuff that I haven't really thought about a pick of the week, but I'm going to talk about something that's a little bit more personal today, if that's okay with you and everyone else. And my pick of the week is having a mentor. And I'm not talking about fitness pro mentor specifically, but I'm talking about people in your life that can help you with areas that you know you need help in. So one of the things that I get help in that I see a, uh, a I guess it's like a, he's a business coach slash psychotherapist. He actually used to be a medical doctor, the head of Toronto General ER, which is absolutely huge shoes to fill, like to be the head of ER uh, for the most busy hospital in Toronto, which is like the third biggest city in North America or fourth biggest city in North America is a huge role. And he started getting into the coaching aspect of things because he just wasn't feeling fulfilled in that role. And so now he helps busy entrepreneurs like myself and some of the people that I know in my life with how they're thinking about their business and how they're thinking about their mindset and their mastery. And I know for me, you know, I had bullying that happened in my childhood, which has led me to be a bit of a people pleaser. I will often sacrifice um, things that I want to do or that might be better for helping me grow my business or helping me have the enjoyment of my life that I want and helping my life, my life move forward because I'm nervous or fearful uh, of what people think about me uh, in terms of like my worth. And so being able to have conversations with this gentleman like I did yesterday about how I'm thinking about my schedule, about how I'm growing and about the stuff that I can't see is incredible because that's really what mentors do. They help you see what you can't see, right? There's an old phrase that you don't know what you don't know. And that's what mentors do is they help show you what you don't know what you don't know. They bring it into your purview so you can start taking action on it, help be accountable. And that's why people end up hiring you as an exercise professional. You might not think about it like this way, but you are a mentor to them because you are going to help them see what they don't know, what they don't know about their body and help give them steps and information and education and take them through their exercise process so they can improve and feel their best. So why would you, in the areas of your life that you need help on, not employ somebody to help you? And I get this financial constraints with that and time constraints and this, that, and the other. I understand that. But there's such a great opportunity to grow and have someone help you with the stuff that you don't know what you don't know. So my pick of the week is finding a mentor in some kind of capacity that can help you with what you don't know, what you don't know, so you can have the best life possible. Got to have a mentor. Got to have somebody you're looking up to in different aspects of your life, and you can compartmentalize, but you got to have those people in your world. I love it. That's it, man. What about Brandon? I got serious there. What's your pick of the week? I got a book that I've been listening to. Uh, I've listened to it actually three times in the last few months, and I think it's really powerful. It's called From Six to Seven Figures for Entrepreneurs by Austin Nestle. Uh, He's a big business coach, big, big scale, uh, outside of my budget and many trainers' budgets because he's big time, which is awesome. But uh, he's got a great book, From Six to Seven Figures. It has some really, really powerful things in there when you're talking about carving out a niche, carving out systems, and really thinking about how your business grows over time. And so whatever level of personal training you are, even if you're just doing five figures a year, that's totally fine. Um, He gives you the a lot of information in this book to help you thinking about scaling and growing and getting your business to the next level. Very inspirational for me and really keeps me helps keep my head on my shoulders with all this fitness pro mentors and strata stuff. For framing context, this guy, Austin Neely, is that Austin Netsley? Yeah. Netsley? That's a mentor. When you read a book, 
you are being mentored by someone else. That's one of the ways you can get mentored is by reading, consuming content from people that know stuff that you don't know. It's really just learning, right? Just because you're not talking to them one-on-one -on -one doesn't mean you're not being mentored. I think that's fantastic. I'm going to definitely take a look at that myself. I yeah. did not know you're reading that. That's amazing. Oh, I got a bunch of books I'm going through, and this is uh, one that's standing out to me right now. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out those episodes of the Fitness Pro Mentors podcast. We are the Minds on Muscle show. Every Tuesday, we go live and we talk about different business-related details as it relates to personal training, and sometimes we get into some other nerdery. If you're paying attention right now, next week live, we're going to be doing the five pillars of personal training, which are a valuable piece of our study guide that we like to talk about in FPM in our mentorship program. Uh, but please, check us out live. This Friday, we're going live with Greg Mack. We're going to talk about the myths of sales. So we're going to get some nitty-gritty stuff there. If you're watching this right now, before Greg Mack goes on, send us some questions. We'd love to know the myths that we can get Greg Mack, the man himself, to go over the ball. Everyone, thank you so much. Really excited to have you guys here, and uh, we'll see you real soon. Thanks so much, man. I love This is a great one. Everyone have a great day.